0: This is the MacWorld podcast, episode five hundred and fifty-six for April twenty-six, two thousand and seventeen. Howdy, ho, everybody, and welcome back to the MacWorld podcast. I'm Glenn Fleischman, a senior contributor at MacWorld, and joining me, as she almost always does, is Susie Oaks, the executive editor of MacWorld. Hello, Susie.
1: Hi, Glenn. How are you?
0: I am spiffy. Um, I'm just, I'm just grand. It's like spring's coming.
1: Yay!
0: And uh, Seattle—that means we get a few days of sunshine, and then it rains for three more months. Uh, It's fantastic. But
1: WWDC is coming soon.
0: That's right. That's right. That's good. We're not getting many rumors out from that. We got a couple things. Well, one thing we'll talk about related to that. But uh, usually, stuff starts to leak and break because Apple's prepping things, and so they put out if they're shipping uh, softwares, are showing demos, or uh, uh, have hardware coming out. Things start to. I feel like right.
1: the software always stays kind of tighter locked down than the hardware. The hardware is leaking all over the place, but it's the software, true. like, well, they, unless they're they put... better at keeping that stuff a secret, or just nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, fewer people care as much. <laughs> Sometimes
0: they put uh, frameworks in or things by accident that uh, get stuck into beta releases or new versions of iOS or macOS. People are like, what is this field here going to do? when there's nothing. Huh. but we'll we'll find out. It's not that far. And they're off. still
1: pushing out betas of iOS 10. So yeah we got our hands
0: full. We'll, uh, we'll, get some, we'll get a roadmap, ostensibly, of what's coming next. Um, but for now, uh, the, the, we've got a, a variety of news this week. Um, some of it's about Uber, which I'm not going to talk about dri- the ride-hailing part, but about another part. Uh, but we'll start with a few uh, shorter items that are of interest. Um, Apple has just uh, made a change to its policy that might be confusing to some folks about uh, the apps that it makes available for free. So uh, it's what used to be called iWork and iLife, which they don't really call it anymore because iLife included um, iPhoto at one point when that was together. But it's Pages, Numbers, Keynote, GarageBand, and iMovie. Um, and, and remember iDVD? That's long I was going to say, iLife also <laughs>
1: came with iDVD. We made all those DVD projects.
0: Eye Apart. Um, yeah, some people are still – I mean, there are apps out there. Some people still query me like, how do I make a DVD these days or Blu-ray? And you, you, know, you, like get third you get a party time software.
1: machine. You go back <laughs> 10 years. No, just kidding. DMs oh,
0: cool. oh there. So Apple has, uh, it's been a while that if you bought a new Mac within a certain period of time, it either came, uh, the software came installed or you could just download it. And uh, there were workarounds if you had an older Mac and you could kind of game the App Store system, but it was kind of silly. So they were selling it. To some people, but most people could get it for free unless you really hadn't bought a Mac in a while, I think was the deal. And yeah. Apple's changed it so now uh, everybody can just get these for free. And And uh, our column, Stan Moran wrote a, a column I thought was uh, was an interesting take on it, which was...
1: Devil's avocado. <laughs> what, I don't get it. I don't get it. He, that, yeah, he kind of took a, a, a devil's advocate attack here saying, like, <laughs> what if this is actually a negative thing because if Apple is giving away these nice polished, um, apps, then some developers that might want to compete with these apps are going to have a harder time getting you to pay a few bucks for, you know, something that is kind of like pages, but a little bit different, uh, maybe has better markdown support or whatever. Um, and so that's, you know, a good point. And then, um, he even thought that, uh, they they might kind of you know how uh, people complain about Apple software quality sliding. and He's like, look, if these are just totally revenue like, I'm not even revenue neutral. Like these are these are giveaways. Um, Apple has less incentive to keep updating them and making them great. Um, we've seen them do a lot with GarageBand recently. Um, I feel like that's getting a lot of love and attention. Um, iMovie is is pretty solid and then um the iWork apps are you know they're they're a little neglected sometimes it feels like so pages that's, has gotten better that, pages had, uh,
0: had some incremental updates in fact i even wrote like a review uh a year plus ago when they pushed out a, a version that had um much better expanded uh, type support but um yeah, I th- now I feel we don't like... have to
1: review them anymore. We can just write how tos when the new features come out. So exactly. Oh, that. yeah, it's true
0: because it's not even for sale. <laughs> it's well, it's just
1: it's You're a like, funny get it, thing. Don't get it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely most concerned when
0: I look at things like photos and iTunes. I'm definitely most concerned when Apple has no revenue pipe connected to software. They, I just, I, I wish they were selling. I wish they sold it both because they should be full. I, mean, I understand they want to make sure that people buy a computer and out of the box, it can do a thing that that person wants to do. So, you know, there was a point at which they were totally reliant on Microsoft at that point, And that's why they developed iWork and iLife. You know, iLife was part of a, a kind of different philosophy because that was competing with, or they even acquired products to make. Uh, I like what it was. Um, that was more like, "Hey, here's and all these things." They made like a
1: selling point of the computer. Like, look at everything it can do out of the box. In those like Mac and PC commercials, the PC guy was like, "Well, I come with a bunch of bloatware, no one wants." Yeah, and the Mac guy's like, "I have, you know, I like."
0: But iWorks was was more of a competition thing because other software, Microsoft Word, and, my, it was and the
1: poor man's office. Yeah,
0: yeah. and it was, and uh, it's gone through various versions of of good and bad, and they have never been able to keep it. I think as consistent across versions. Like, I don't feel like Pages is necessarily, for instance, improved always. And the, the new tree they started a few years ago was pretty bad when it began. Now it's actually not, not bad at all, but I don't like the fact that they have no motivation that it's because there's no revenue attached, like even less than there was before. It was probably pretty slight. It just uh, turns off a pipe that, I mean, how do you, how do you internally say we need to devote more resources to this when there's no money coming in? I mean, they have, so there's a minimal viable product uh, situation as opposed to how do we improve this? Are there people inside Apple are dying to work on pages trying to make it a better app i'm sure the people on the team are but it's not where the people with the greatest say ambition are going to be at apple or any company working on kind of a maintenance product that millions of people use and nobody particularly cares about so sorry to folks at apple not talking you down if you work on the product please make it better please keep working on it but i doubt they lack the management support to do the kind of um, extensive expansion within the apple framework of sort of simplicity and broad use that's there it just needs more i'm constantly hitting issues with pages and it's frustrating because it's not um this design choices it's it's implementation choices
1: yeah well in the a few years ago of course the os updates went free too and they used to be really expensive when i started uh covering Macs. i think they were like 129 dollars so um and you know now people complain that there isn't you know the the again, that the quality is sliding. So I wonder if there's, um, you know, if, if you kind of like plotted those on a timeline, <laughs> if there would be much crossover there or if it's also just because like at the same time um, that Apple was doing uh, reducing the price of its software products, especially on the desktop side, um, iOS and, and the iPhone were taking off and just uh, really uh, making them a lot busier than they used to be. So hard to say for sure.
0: I think Apple has, this is part of Apple's philosophy of not wanting to be dependent on other people. And I, I would say that's, True, even in terms of the cost of updates, is is they want to develop everything in house that their customers need because they've been burned so many times by partnerships. Like even right now, I'd say the Intel chip partnership is to some extent burning Apple, even though it's not like Intel is in terrible shape. But I think the Intel roadmap, uh, how it slowed down and changed, has has hurt Apple on the Mac. Market and it's made that a much tougher road to hoe. Um, And I think part of why they've had to kind of reorganize all their plans, they made some bad decisions about the Mac Pro lineup, but I think it affects all the Macs. I think it's a reason why um, more ordinary Macs aren't being refreshed as fast is because of Apple's buy in into how Intel was moving further ahead. Um, So even things like anything that deters a customer from updating um, or anything that deters a customer from continuing to use the platform because they don't have a thing. I think that is the kind of friction. It's like Apple wants everyone to stay in the house.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: it's like, "Hey, we've, you know, we've got a gourmet chef producing meals in your kitchen. You don't need to go out. It's okay to stay here. Everything will be cool."
1: Oh, and then one more point. Um, I could just keep thinking of points. Um, the iPad Pro demos, uh, they weren't showing off iWork apps. They were showing off Office apps. So uh-huh. they know even on the mobile side that Office is a juggernaut and Office on mobile, um, those are free and it's like a subscription, Office 365 based kind of thing. So then I guess, you know, like Apple needs to have, you know, its own productivity suite so they're not totally dependent on Office because Microsoft could just decide to start ignoring, you know, the iOS and Mac side like they used to. Um, And now like the feature parity is there. But, you know, that's that's really in Microsoft's control. So, yeah, it's good that they have it. But I mean, they have to know that it's not really competing. And 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 I think that they admit that by by demoing it on stage yeah. and, instead of their own software, so. honest
0: to them at least. That good? Yep. good. It's uh, very interesting as Microsoft turns into a different kind of company where its position is like I think Microsoft is doing very well. Um, they're still massively profitable, and they are managing the shift in their fundamental business. I think better than people could ever have expected maybe three years ago. Totally. Um, it's a, turning into a different company. It has to be and. And uh, maybe some number of different people working there. But, I mean, again, this is the funny thing about all the companies in this space. Um, you know, people keep liking it back to the dot-com explosion or implosion of the early 2000s. And I'm like, no, these companies have profit. Like as much as you might um, not like what Facebook is doing, or Microsoft, or Google, or whatever, they're minting money. Amazon now is intermittently profitable, even so. It's it's not like it's not like these guys are. I mean, you look at some companies and they're hemorrhaging money. Um, we'll talk about Uber in a minute, uh, and uh, but it, they they have the option to to change what they do. So Apple, this is part of what gets me about Apple sometimes is that they charge for things or make things hard where it would be such a tiny, tiny, tiny item on their budget. It would make people so much happier based on the amount of general complaint about it. You'd think they'd just say, let's spend the hundred million dollars because we got it. And it reduces our margins by, you know, oh, you know, 0.03. And maybe we could do that. But penny wise, pound foolish, as it is said. Santime wise, Euro foolish. Maybe that's the current version. Right?
1: Uh, not.
0: No. Well, speaking about <laughs> Apple and pecuniary behavior, uh, this is a little inside baseball, but I want to bring it up because I think I have an idea about why this might be happening. So this can be my claim shouter for mm-hmm. WWDC. Apple um, runs an affiliate program, which people may not realize if you're not you know, running websites and things and trying to figure out how to get revenue, you can uh, link to... Apple's apps, and if there are purchases made when someone clicks through the link, uh, you get a I think it was seven percent commission on purchases. And I forget the exact terms because it account for in app purchases and app purchases and so forth. And uh, some sites actually make this kind of the fundamental uh, basis of their business, they may not do advertising per se, but they review apps, they link to apps, and if you have enough traffic and people trust you enough to come to you for app reviews and other things, they may l- click through those links. Um, this, I think it's kind of a, a beneficial cycle because uh, there are certainly scammy sites that are out there and have tons of links and they only exist to push people through an affiliate link and cl- collect the money. Um, the affiliate programs uh, as well as uh, Google like – affiliate programs try to push companies like that out. The uh, advertisers, like Apple, who are in this case an advertiser because they have a product that's being sold, um, they will uh, they have their own programs to identify abuse patterns, um, and uh, Google will often will often downrank things that are like link farms of affiliate links too. So there's that ecosystem, but there are a lot of really good sites on the net. Um, you know, I don't know if MacWorld, I can't remember if the, the business side links to. The affiliate program for Apple. Well, or not? Apple
1: has two affiliate programs. They oh, have okay. one for if you're linking to products sold in the Apple Store, right, right. And then they have another one for um, anything on the iTunes Store. So you can link to books, movies, um, TV shows. Uh, music and apps and you get uh, a slice of that the hardware um, store affiliate uh, program is is quite generous so this one is um the itunes store one i don't think we're doing that right now i keep asking them like why we're not because we, we do the other one and well, and it's, and it's free. it pays it's off
0: free money well it's
1: also right I'm sorry, we I'm, link to the app store every day but anyway um, uh, this I'm is sorry. very inside baseball so they're only oh, yeah. cutting commission on the itunes store side and only on apps and in-app purchases so if you're linking to like you know, here are ten great uh, Ashton Kutcher performances in the iTunes Store. <laughs> I kind of want to read that now. Oh, um, uh, th- those affiliate links are are affected by this, so they're dropping it. Yeah, from seven to like two and a half percent. The Is butterfly, butterfly effect, effect one so of those? good, right? Yeah? yeah. Is that what? Um, yeah, and I don't. I don't mean to exclude the iTunes. I, Dude, where's I, I, my car? I mean,
0: I have to believe that the iTunes Store. Um, even with the amount of music and video and stuff that's in there and forget books i assume that app affiliate
1: revenue or if app it's affiliate It's probably links- the biggest slice of that program i would have to assume and that's what's being affected here so it's not that it's not app developers getting less money it's not affecting anything that people pay it's really just like bloggers and people with sites that that link to the App Store as part of this program, and then you might read their content and click through.
0: I believe uh, developers do link to they developers can join the program and then link to their own yes. apps, and then they which is nice because then they're doing the marketing to their own app, and they get previously seven percent back, and then Apple takes thirty percent, you know, of the the sale price and whatever. So it's a way for developers to. I mean, I've done this when I've written books. I'll link to Amazon and other bookstores, and I will sure. get you know four to eight percent back on. On uh, that, so I get it on both ends. It's great. Um, yeah, developers
1: but, have blogs and stuff. So yeah, anyone who's like writing, but it's not. It's not. I mean, I re- I read some. Oh, I mean, the stories on the were all story. getting it right, but I read a lot of comments on other sites where people were just like, oh, and I mean, and some people are thinking this might be um, like a sign that Apple is um, going to start tinkering with all kinds of different revenue splits, like maybe the um, the, the fees that developers pay, which is right now thirty um, percent. Would go down, so so we don't know. I mean, that kind of thing might be announced either right before WWC or at WWC because it would, you know, be a, a real showstopper. Um, the crowd would go wild. So that's I mean that's a sign so right now it's um yeah it's just less money going to from the purchase price um to people who are are kind of you know marketing that on their blogs
0: right I'm, I'm definitely in the camp of I wonder if this is a sign it may just be you know Apple crunches the numbers it may be that this you know this is an advertising fee affiliate revenue or affiliate payments are marketing and advertising together mm-hmm. and uh, Apple may just have said this is too much money like you know we're spending x hundred million dollars a year on this or whatever I mean it depends on much referrals are happening, or the program may have been, they they may be getting enough abuse in the program. Uh, Because like I say, there are great sites that That link to that may make a fair amount of money from this. It's going to hurt them, uh, and they're doing a good job. They're doing an editorial job and making money from it. But you know, you never want to build your your, you don't want to build your business around someone else's business model. And that, unfortunately, is what advertising is, as opposed to subscriptions. Uh, But but so this might be a sign. It seems a little overt for Apple to do it this far out. But because of the contractual arrangements and how it works, they may have thought this would you know go unnoticed because it is a little inside baseball. If they were to drop, let's say in some categories or some kinds of things, they drop their cut from thirty percent to fifteen percent. They don't want to be giving seven percent away to an affiliate revenue. Two and a half percent makes more sense. So,
1: and uh, then they've made similar adjustments to subscription revenue splits lately. Like now, if you sell a subscription-based um, product to someone, like through an app, um, and then they keep that subscription for more than a year, I think you you get a bigger cut that second year. So. So, yeah, I mean, they have been kind of tinkering, and, and I would not be surprised to hear a big announcement at WWC. Again, we don't know anything ahead of time. Right, we don't know.
0: S- Can I, So here's, let me surprise you. Do you know when they made that announcement? It was June 8th, 2016. It was almost a year ago that they did that subscription thing. I was thinking it was months ago. I was like, nope, it was before WWC. Yeah,
1: it was like right before. It was right before. I mean, it, it wasn't even at the keynote. It was like right before, because I think they just, maybe they couldn't you know squish it all in. And again, it's pretty inside. You know, it's a... It's, uh, it only affects, you know, certain developers and, and under certain conditions and just kind of best explained like in an article <laughs> versus mm-hmm. on a stage. It's not really a demo thing.
0: Yeah, that's right. And that's why they did that, that thing. All right. Well, so that's, that's that we'll situation.
1: See. We'll I feel see. like we say that at the end of every segment. But yes, again, we we'll we'll will
0: see. We're trying to find your going Um One other thing uh, before we talk about uh, Uber is Apple's, uh, the Apple Store redesign, uh, the uh, head of uh, Apple Retail. Which is Angela, whose last name I could never remember how to pronounce it. Errands.
1: Aarons Ahrens.
0: Uh Who uh, came from Burberry years ago now. She's uh, been involved in, in what I think are both like subtle and enormous ways that the retail and related experiences have changed. So Susie, you're actually near one of the newer stores uh, that Apple's unveiled that had a totally different kind of design that was supposed to – like kind of integrated public space, and it um, breaks down the barriers because you're in San Francisco. I mean, ostensibly, it's it's sunny there sometimes. Uh, It breaks down the barriers between uh, inside and outside, right? Like that's And that seemed to be like a very much had to come out of her influence because we didn't see anything quite like that from Apple before.
1: And especially from, like, an electronics store, like, that just seems weird, you know? <laughs> Let's just open up the whole front of our fancy gadget store. Like, I don't know. that seems a little risky. So, but they're pulling it off, and it's a very nice experience. So, yeah, now they want to go further, and uh, it sounds like they're working on the, – the, this article is kind of recapping what they already did, but then they're also working on more of the events things. Um, yeah, they want it to be, like, a spot that you, like, meet at, with your – with your friends. They want it to be like the new Starbucks where you hang out. So they're having, um, Will there uh, be chairs. <laughs> yeah. No, there's like little cubes okay. all the time. Like their chairs are too, you know, old. They have I to see. be funkier looking. So the ones that I've seen, they're usually these weird looking kind of cubes that you sit on like beanbags, but less comfortable.
0: They could put in circus equipment.
1: Um, you could have yeah. like
0: sway bars and things like that. Anyway.
1: Yeah. I, so like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the next thing I would think is that they're going to start serving coffee. It's like they're making it into a coffee shop.
0: Get all that white stuff dirty, though. People could spill coffee. I things.
1: know. Yeah, I would know. It would be disgusting. But, I mean, if anyone could keep it clean, it would be Apple. They would just have, like, a nice cleaning crew. And
0: There's, there's a joke, and, and this isn't a spoiler, it. about The Good Place. One of the funny things in The Good Place is Eleanor – so The Good Place – I'm not giving anything away to good, say it's What's it. The Good Place? This is the TV show, The Good Place?
1: Oh, I've never heard of it. Oh, my God. What? What? This the Good the be-
0: Wife? The Good Place. This is the best. The Good best. Place it just start? Are you, are you kidding me?
1: Are you kidding me? No, I've oh literally my never heard of this.
0: All right, got to go watch The Good Place. It's only 13 episodes. So The Good Place a TV show, I'm not going to get deeply into it, but it's, uh, it's ostensibly Kristen Bell from Veronica Mars arrives in a place that's sort of heaven like Ted Danson is there. He's not really an angel. That's like in the first five minutes, so I'm not giving any plot away. But there's a bit where they're wandering around. Wait, this- Ted
1: Danson's in it? Oh my god! This is the best show. I've literally never. I don't have TV anymore, so I don't.
0: I don't either. But so many people told me about the show. I started watching it, and I fell in love with it. It is so smart and so funny. Um, the casting is so. Unlike any other show in primetime TV. Like, it's just, there's just, they have very funny people. There's incredible diversity. Um, and it's just wickedly, wickedly clever. It's a show about ethics and morality in the form of a TV sitcom. Uh, but so it's from the guy who made um, uh, uh, Parks and Rec and uh, uh, co created The Office and uh, Brooklyn 911. So, oh,
1: cool. Okay. Sorry,
0: I'm not going to veer this. So the whole point is, there's a bit where they're walking around and Eleanor's complimenting. This uh the her character is companying this fellow who's the architect of this afterlife neighborhood they're in. He said, Should you made these to-go cups where the lids fit on so perfectly there's no leak. This is this really is heaven, right? And I'm thinking Apple could make that product, right? They can yes, make right? a cup that didn't leak. Like it would look like Eve from Wally. It would be yes. Eve from Wally, but as a coffee cup.
1: Yeah. And then if you wanted a really big coffee, it would come in like a souvenir cup that looked like a Mac Pro.
0: Oh that's sort of funny and sweet. I uh, know they serve they serve tea and mac cubes, right? That'd be good. Yeah. But the mac cube would leak. You'd end up with tea all over your – Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: bird.
1: They could sell What's, little cakes that looked like different de- generations of iPod.
0: They will they will uh
1: serve little cakes. Um that was a
0: Another TV reference. I'm just going to TV you out here. I don't I hardly watch any TV. Let's just so talk
1: about TV shows. Let's. Like. <laughs> it's
0: it's the middle of the show. Let's go on to Uber. Have you ever
1: heard of the show called The Simpsons?
0: The Simpsons. Uber. Doh. Um. I want to talk about Uber because uh, story. Travis came out. was
1: on uh, The Simpsons once, so that's oh, a God. good segue to talk All right, about Uber. There
0: you go. Travis Kalnick, the broiest bro in Brotown, um, CEO of Uber. So Uber has had some problems, and the New York Times' uh, Mike Isaac ran a uh, – had a very long story about Uber just a few days ago. I recommend reading it because it is simply entertaining to read
1: <laughs> to begin well, it with. it starts but, with like a humdinger of a story about Tim Cook, so it's going to suck you in right away, Mac fans.
0: And just – this isn't exactly inside baseball. Whenever I read a story in which there is a, um, a privileged observer, right, the story opens up with uh, Travis being called in Tim Cook's office, and you know – Travis is the head of a, Kalniks, the head of a, Kalanick, uh, rather. Uh, wait, how do you pronounce his last name? Is Kalanick? I'm saying his name wrong. Like I a high I don't colonic. even
1: know. I col- don't know. Col- I'm
0: going to say Kalanick, even though that sounds like a medical I know. Treatment. It sounds
1: like, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, so let's say, <laughs> say
0: Um. So he's a, uh, Uber. This is 2015. Uber is, you know, already valued as a multi-billion-dollar company. It's been a massive influence on um, changes in ride sharing, and it might affect the future of how cities develop transportation. I mean, I'm not overstating it to say this because they have dramatically transformed how people. Uh, interact with, uh, you know, getting around cities and uh, for better or for worse, lots of things we can talk about there. And I've just talked about a lot of the negative ones, but he's called by Tim Cook. And, you know, you don't say no to Tim Cook. A, your app is on the, on the app store. You can't walk away from Apple and you're like, you know, but he apparently kind of knew it was going to come and he goes in there and Tim's like, Hey, you've been uh, kind of playing fast and loose with our rules. You got to change it. Or we're pulling your app. And, I am I'm not dubious about Mike Isaac's reporting or the New York Times because Isaac's been a reporter for many years um, worked with some of the IDG staff in fact in the past and um, New York Times you know they when you have a story in which neither of the people ostensibly in the room is being quoted, they do extra vetting. but I'm still like who told that story? My guess is Apple either Apple PR through back channels or people at Apple um, who were not given permission to tell the story and but were not even quoted anonymously. There is no sourcing for the mm-hmm. anecdote, which is very weird. It's just
1: like this happened.
0: Yeah, I think it may go against New York Times rules because they have these sourcing rules. So this well, story when is when you told, talk
1: to Apple, they always want to talk on background, and that's pretty much it. They're like, you can say that this happened, but like you can't say right. I told you.
0: So this has that feel of it, but a lot of news organizations will not necessarily accept that. So whenever you have a fly-in-the-wall thing and you know the reporter wasn't there, you have to ask, deconstruct the story, how accurate is this? And I'm going to... If
1: you got uh, it from a few people and like, it's so good, like you can't like just not have it because it's on background. If, if you like, you're, you know, really confident that it happened and you confirm that it's, you know, true. I'd Like the non sourcingness doesn't bother me just because I know that Apple like, uh you know... No, uh, they
0: do this that. all the time. And so I my suspicion is reading the account is that the primary information came from people at Apple, possibly lightly or th- authorized to discuss it. And they were able to get confirmation from people who... Kalanick had told the story to an Uber because the perspective isn't – if the perspective had been – I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm analyzing this. I think it's important to the thing we're going to talk about about privacy is uh, if this had been um, told from the Uber side and a lot of people at Uber had told the reporter about it and he had confirmed with Apple potentially, it would have been Kalanick came back from meeting with Tim Cook shaken. He arrived at Uber headquarters and said we have to make changes immediately otherwise our app is going to get pulled from the app store and holy – bleep right it's not told that way it's he's brought to they did to,
1: mention that he was shaken like someone who saw him right after so it could have been it could have even been someone not at apple who's just like a friend with of his that like right. you know went and talked to mike after
0: but i feel like there's too much privileged communication that it sounds like it's confirmed so um he so declined
1: not, an interview request and apple declined to comment on the meeting
0: right um and this happened a few years ago there was a story i think in fortune about dropbox where the two founders said steve jobs had called him over and i think had um I think he tried to buy him or something and they said no and they told the story and Apple wouldn't confirm it and I'm like, you know, there's no way to know whether their account, there was a really good story on their part, but there was no way to know because they told the story, no one else was present and Apple wouldn't discuss it and Steve Jobs had passed away at that point. So you're like, this is an unconfirmable story. The Tim Cook, uh, Travis Kalanick one is confirmable. So that said, the issue was, and the reason I'm digging into this is Uber apparently was using uh, uh Like essentially privileged information in the sense of uh, information that uniquely identifies a phone and storing it in such a way um, or capturing that fingerprint of a phone in such a way that even if the phone was wiped, reinstalled with a fresh operating system and Uber app was reinstalled, they could actually reassociate that phone. Um, and that's totally against Apple's rules. The, the early version of the story, the first one that came out on the morning of, uh, I forget it was Saturday or Friday, when it first came out, it said that Uber could track the phone um,
1: across, yeah. So and, then everyone assumed that meant location tracking, but that was never actually a thing, right?
0: And if you read the end of the story, people Mike Isaac's responding on Twitter and saying, "Hey, look, read the last four paragraphs." And the last four paragraphs went into technical detail and were, and you know, felt more accurate. Later in the day, by the afternoon, I think they changed to say, um, essentially, like uh, that y- that you could now uh, the phone had to be um, was it erased and reinstalled or something. It was it was a a kind of um, what was this thing here? It was, uh, oh yeah. Uber had been secretly identifying and tagging iPhones even after its app had been deleted and the devices erased. A fraud detection maneuver that violated Apple's privacy guidelines. So that was kind of a different sentence than the first time around. So it wasn't inaccurate the first time, but this is more specific. Um, Uber's contention, I mean, so we have to break this down. So A, Apple got figured this out and they told Uber, there was no disclosure to us as consumers. Uber is one of the, you know, probably- highest revenue apps in the App Store. It's a giant company. It's
1: listed as one of the essentials, you know, how they have like the essential apps. It's still in there. In fact, I searched for like Lyft the other day or Curb. No, I'm sorry. I searched for Curb the other day and Uber came up before it as like a sponsored, you oh know, my God. essential well, post. That smart and that really do. made me mad. <laughs> so so my, my first
0: point is, I feel like Apple did users a disservice by not requiring Uber to disclose they'd engaged in that kind of tracking that was against Apple rules. Apple has, in the past made public disclosures about companies' behavior and or required companies to state, essentially say, yes, we discovered we were in violation of this. We're very sorry. And we've taken steps to improve it. And Apple said, we're happy to keep working with so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. So it's not unprecedented. Um, I feel like this is the kind of back room thing where user privacy is negotiated. Uh, Apple has a contract with us. Uber has a contract with us They're, They have a contract with each other. Um, I feel like, This is not good for users when that kind of thing happens. I don't think everyone needs to be named and shamed. I think Uber, especially with its history in 2015, certainly with its history now, if they're engaging in activities that violate user privacy and violate app store rules, um, I mean, there's a question to be raised. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an expert at FTC rules, but there'd be a question to be raised whether Uber's terms of service uh, promised not to do this and did, and thus the FTC would have the basis for an action, or... If Uber's terms of service said they could do this, and they did, but it is not within federal regulatory infrastructure guidelines that you can do this, in which case they were engaged in some kind of you know potentially actionable um, you know behavior for that side. So I, I don't I don't like it. I think they should have been forced to say to stay in the app store to say uh, to fight even if they wanted to cast it the way they have, which is. Uh, the argument is that in China, particularly, but in many places, um, between uh, stolen credit cards being reused are being used and um, uh, uh, driver incentives. So drivers will register with a phone, have other people call for rides, and they will use uh, systems that will essentially fake rides so that they can meet targets and get. Um, uh, get uh,
1: uh, like a bonus for getting a hundred rides in right. your first month. Or but something. then they can yeah, wipe, yeah. then
0: they wipe their phones after they get the mm-hmm. bonus and they re-register and they start up with new email and identity. Right. So there's that is one argument that was made. Uh, the other is that um, and again I don't know why this is being promoted as this thing in China because they're not doing business there anymore. They've partnered with uh, the company that Apple invested in, in fact. Um, but apparently, in some at least in some places, uh, that people will use a fake credit card for rides then they delete the app, then they register again, they use you know, another stolen credit card for the next ride, right? Uh, and they can you know, be put Uber on the hook for a lot of money, and there may be automated ways to do this, I don't know. Um, but, uh, and they, but they wipe the phone, they restore it, they may be using stolen phones, I don't know. So there may be valid fraud reasons that Uber doesn't want, they want to know whether the phone was used for fraud before, um, mm-hmm. but Apple has essentially banned any kind of permanent phone ID when they blocked using the uh, UD ID, which was a, a per device thing uh, years ago, and they don't let you grab the IMMEI, which is a, a cell phone identifier unique to phones. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things in place. So, this is clearly a violation of Apple intent and really user privacy intent. So, I don't know. What are you, well, what's the, your you think then take the on? craziest
1: part is that, um, so they were doing this stuff with private APIs that was against the rules, and they knew it was against the rules. So, they geofenced the code. They knew that like um, Apple's App uh, Store reviewers and Cupertino would be like looking at this. And so they geofenced the code. So if you were looking at the code in Cupertino, you wouldn't see this. They tried to like cover their tracks and cover it up and just be really shady and duplicitous because they're uber and they're awful um but obviously you know they're also stupid because apple has engineers all over the world so someone that wasn't in cupertino like just you know noticed and was like wow this code is messed up so also yeah, apple they got has access to the
0: code they can actually poke in the code and see there's yeah. geofencing routines that mention cupertino yeah. it's like it, it worked for doing? a little
1: while but it didn't yeah. work for very long and so like that's like the, i don't know like i feel like that's really messed up but i mean i'm Trying to imagine what would happen if a smaller developer, um, you know, used private APIs or did something that was against the App Store terms, and, and Apple told them to knock it off, and they didn't want to do it, Apple would just kick them out of the store, and we'd never hear from them again. Unless the developer decided to, like, you know, take it to their own blog and, and complain. Um, I, I, that's just not Apple's style. They're not going to, like, you know, tell us why they make decisions. Like, they don't even tell like developers why they make decisions half the time, and developers are left in the dark, knowing trying to find out what happened. So yeah, I, I don't think Apple's ever going to share that information and be like, Uber did this. Like the, you know, the people should know, even if there's crime involved, like Apple's not going to, they're going to cover that up and they're never going to tell.
0: I I just don't, I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. Cause I think it's, I, especially when, yeah, I, I mean, but Apple, but Apple does talk publicly about some things and they have remonstrated with larger companies at times. I don't know why Uber got a privileged uh, position here. And I think, you know, honestly, Apple should have given them like a timeout at at best and said, you're out of the store for four weeks and you re-engineer this. And when you got a new version, you tell us and then we'll consider putting it back in. But you're going to have to talk to your shareholders and your customers because we'll let the app keep running on existing phones. But we're going to tell everybody and you're going to have to walk this back or, you know, screw you. And it didn't happen. Um, Someone also pointed out- uh, Well, it sounds
1: like they just capitulated right away. uh, Yeah, but still- Uber wasn't trying to play hardball. Oh, you see, just like, just to punish them for the bad behavior? Yeah,
0: I think, I mean, right, because this basically, this is the entire pattern of Uber is they do something that any smaller company or any company with less arrogance would get smacked down for. And I'm never defending the taxi industry. Like, I will defend taxi drivers because taxi drivers are often uh, immigrants. People speak English as a second language. People who are- going to take Destin. any of that
1: into account yeah but you know but like so, but, how they you know operate in markets or if they're good for their drivers no like no Apple's no but what i'm saying gonna-
0: is what i'm saying is I'm, i would never i'm not uh i don't talk uber down because i think taxis are so great because some people are like well you must love taxis so much which is a weird argument It's like, no, I don't – I think the taxi system is its own corrupt whatever. The taxi drivers are fine people. The taxi system is awful. And Uber's solution to it is arrogant and horrible. But it's because Uber goes in and like in Portland, they'll just start doing business. This whole thing about – what they call it? Gray uh, gray ball or something where they Mm -hmm. were – the system that would let them monitor – what they thought were suspected, uh, they could geofence like government offices and they would monitor accounts that they thought were um, uh, regulators. Yeah, and then they and would
1: show like no cars in town when there were really cars exactly. in town. Exactly. So and, yeah. they do
0: all this kind of stuff. And it's like a lot of, I, I'm I'm shocked that Uber hasn't faced more criminal action because of their attempts to. Um, evade and violate regulations. Um, and they've often oh, yeah. just worked the way I think this guy out.
1: should be in jail. But, like, Apple's never going <laughs> to do anything about it. You <laughs> no, well, you're like...
0: than I am. Um, <laughs> well, here's the other thing, too. Is Will Strafach, who, uh, Strafak, who uh, goes by uh, Chronic on uh, Twitter, uh, John Gruber linked to one of his tweets. Um, back in, uh, in 2014, the Uber code, in fact, included... Um, uh used a private uh, framework which is against app store rules in order to obtain um, order to obtain uh information about um uh, like unique phone information so that was two thousand and fourteen it 's unclear whether that was i'm um, uh, um, it 's unclear whether that was the issue um, or if it was something else this was two thousand and fourteen bill that he founded in but yeah. I don't know. I, uh, so I mean, the bigger issue is, you know, is, is was Uber alone in this? Um, you know, is everyone else being forced to play by rules that Uber wasn't is Apple monitoring for this more aggressively? There was some discussion that Apple, that there's an issue about, uh, uh, one step less severe than this, which is you can use, uh, developers can use, uh, the secure keychain on an iOS to store information that persists even if the app is uninstalled and then reinstalled. So if you do a, um, If you, uh, in fact, someone pointed me to a code library that apparently is in common use. It's uh, under an open source license, and other developers use this as well. Where it stores information, and there's this whole matrix of when it can be recovered after an uninstall and a reinstall, and by other um, apps by the same vendor. But uh, in some cases, you can wipe your phone, and if you do a restore that includes secure items, uh, which I think requires. uh, There's a couple different ways to do that. Then. When the app is reinstalled, it can recover that information from the secure keychain. So um, there may be more questions to be answered about that. So one of the uh, someone had uh, suggested a developer was talking about whether Apple was going to uh, remove the ability to have persistent secure keychain items after uninstall. So if you remove an app, all of those items might also be deleted associated with it, um, which would which would I would say solve maybe not solve that persistence because when you uninstall an app, it says. All the data associated with this is going away. Do you want to do that? And you say yes. And the actual truth is not necessarily, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, a lot of issues being raised, I think. Yeah. Yep.
1: Uber, yeah, Uber. I mean, it would be so amazing if they ever got kicked out of the App Store. But clearly, I mean, they have to stay in there at all costs. Like Apple has all the leverage and Uber are jerks, but they have to but They have to just comply.
0: Reid, uh, you know, F- uh, Farhad Manju wrote a great piece about Uber in India a few weeks ago. Um, and that was a really interesting. Uh, this piece uh, by Mike Isaac about um, both this privacy issue, but sort of the larger framework in which Travis – uh, roams and um they're just they're they're bad players like they they don't act with good faith with um regulators uh lawmakers uh passengers or drivers and um yep
1: that's everybody yeah they,
0: and i actually think there's there has been some movement like driver co-ops are probably uh, they might win out because right now, like, so one of the presentations that got leaked that's mentioned—I won't get too far afield, I promise—and that's mentioned. In this article is that Uber's primary competition for drivers is not necessarily Lyft; it's McDonald's, right? Mm. And it's like you know McDonald's isn't a great job but it's actually you know it's not a bad job if you're in a good well run franchise and and you do well there's advancement McDonald's has been pushing all of its stores it has uh, i think 8,000 of the 12,000 stores in the US are pushing for a higher basic minimum wage in every uh store not just in the states that require it and blah 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 so i'm not pushing a job at McDonald's as a wonderful path to your future but but McDonald's versus Uber um McDonald's pays you a reliable wage and you don't have to own a car you don't have to worry about being broken down and deal with random passengers and deal with a, a company that keeps crushing your soul. So yeah, you probably crushes, make more. Sorry, sorry, McDonald's, I'm sure, crushes your soul in different ways. Don't let me. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Uber. Uber. Um, so last story. We'll do this one last piece. Uh, it's As Earth Day was a few days ago, uh, did you get the Earth a present? No. Oh, I didn't either. No, I feel bad. Earth was 2,000 years old uh, on Saturday. <laughs>
1: 2,017
0: years old. Stop. um created in a factory a distant <laughs> planet um so earth day uh, apple released these uh, did you watch these videos someone pointed told me how weird they were they released a no. series of videos
1: no you got to watch the one these one about things. the yaks
0: um, they're kind of surreal uh, like someone said i can't believe apple actually made these i thought these might be parodies at first um they're funny they're we- the animation is weird they have actual employees talking who are animated in them and the graphics are hilarious there's one about the artificial sweat they make to test um, the Apple Watch. They have a guy oh, who's yeah. an artificial yeah, the sweat maker.
1: Yeah, and the and the, the Apple Watch like, literally sit in vials of fake sweat. Fake
0: sweat, and um, it's pretty cute. Um, so it's good. I mean, it's a different tone from the company, but this is part of... Uh, they announced some initiatives. We have a few stories about this, but they're working towards things like um, you know they want to have 100% renewable power. Of uh, They're going to source renewable power for 100% of all their operations, for instance, and they're on track for, I think, what are they at? Like 95% now. Um, So power is a weird thing because power is fungible. So you can have 30% of the U S is coal powered or of electricity we generate in the U S is coal powered. And uh, so when you, our company like Apple and you say, or Facebook did this, I was uh, visited um, one of Facebook's data centers in the high desert in Oregon, which was really cool to go visit. And they had, built a super energy efficient thing that used swamp cooling and so forth. And they also said like, look, we know that the power in this area, uh, some of it comes from coal. It's coal heavy because of conditions and whatnot. They said, but we're uh, we're investing and in, like we are committing to buying wind power, which allows, uh, because we want wind power, willing to pay for it and essentially subsidize it slightly, that the utility can then invest more in wind power and shift its mix and take coal down. So when Apple buys renewable power, um, it doesn't mean that magically coal plants are turned off, but ultimately it will. Because if they're saying, we want to buy this mix of solar, wind, geothermal, whatever, that pushes utilities are able to invest in it because they know they have committed customers who are often willing to pay slightly more for, you know, let's say bragging rights or, you know, whatever their concerns are. Uh, And that eventually turns that. So, so coal plants get turned off, you know, the dirtiest plants are turned off first because it helps them meet uh, obligations. Different utilities have different obligations or clean air rules, or they're just more expensive. I mean, coal is on the way out. Sorry, folks. Sorry, the uh, 70,000 people still employed in the coal mining industry. Um, through increased automation, the jobs are, are leaving anyway and, um, coal's on the way out. So Apple's efforts help. Um, but Susie, I was particularly interested in, um, their new, one of their new goals is to, uh, recycle everything.
1: Like ex- Did you see the the criticism of the recycling program though? How it doesn't salvage anything. Well, that's uh, yeah. I was and then confused by that. Most of what that. they recycle isn't actually Apple stuff. So like, there, there's the argument. Okay, well they don't want you know like crappy like refurbished like Apple stuff like floating around out there. Right. right. But I mean like the the huge percentage like I think it's like seventy five percent or something of what they recycle is not. Apple gear and the companies that, I mean, this is, they're not doing any of this. This That's all like contracted out to, to third party um, recycling firms. And they say that like, there's totally stuff here we could salvage, but um, Apple requires us to, to not salvage anything. Um, They shred everything. And then they take this tiny shredded up pieces and they group together. Okay. These are all the metal ones. These are the glass ones. These are all the plastic ones and then they're recycled from there. So I, I mean, you know, it's okay, but it's probably just not what people like think when they hear this computer is going to be recycled. So um, I need to do a, a list of like, you know, other places. If, if you want your computer like actually cleaned up and, you know, given to, to, to a school kid or something, um, there's other places. So if, if, if there's any like wear left in it, um, recycling should be kind of the last option. And, um, Kyle, Kyle Ween's friend of the show, uh, CEO of iFixit, um, says that very thing. Um, the, the rare earth metals are completely lost, melted down. Um, and so if there's any way to repair or reuse it, um, the original mined materials will, uh, you know, their life will be extended because those are, are lost in this. They can just keep the glass and the plastic and the metal.
0: But that's the this, I, and I totally agree with you. There's like a difference between um, there's refurbished and there's recycled, right? And I think yeah. recycled doesn't mean that any of the components are pulled out. It means the materials are pulled out. Refurbished is what you're saying too. Is that it's something is is spruced up? It's um it's either by a company it's like salvaged, Apple, salvaged, and then, yeah, or they components are taken out. Or you know somebody's like, hey, look, if I had 500 uh, dead iPads, I could take the cameras out and build, you know, a giant insect or something that can see (laughs) with giant eyes. Um, But yeah, it's because the goal, Apple's goal is to uh, use only recycled materials for its product. So it will stop mining metals for its product is the ultimate goal. So what they're doing right now, especially with the rare earth, rare earth, um, earths have – uh, there's the the name. I don't think means that they're rare. I think there's a different reason for it in the periodic table. If i remember right, but the uh, but rare earths are uh, uh, there's finite supply of certain kinds of materials uh, like tantalum and other things. They're often hard to get at. And uh, China at one point put a tariff on some of the materials for export, um, which has spurred uh, mines to open around the world that were shuttered. And so there's a little more reliable supply, um, outside of China now for some of the things that they had essentially cornered the market on, but were also charging a low price for, um, so they can't use this technique to achieve that goal. So, and I, you know, some of what's happening in that area is that, uh, uh, products were being designed to be more modular so they could be disassembled into um, non-mixed materials. So in part of that, it's like you don't use two kinds of plastic to make a thing. You use one so that when the end of life comes, you can take screws out and that piece of plastic can be processed almost perfectly through a single chain Uh, or aluminum. If you're using aluminum of a certain kind, you might be able to then re, um, not what's the right word, not sinter, whatever the thing is you do with aluminum. You melt it down and use it. aluminum has a really great recycling life cycle. so if you mm-hmm. can capture all the dead Macbooks and all the g four you know or the not g four but the uh, cheese graters and so forth, you might be able to take those and put them right back in so anyway i i I think there's a big range of things. I love the fact that's their goal. I don't obviously love the fact that they're shredding things that could be used. Uh, Susie, we heard this before we were looking at um I assume that uh, when you Turned a dead phone in, they actually refurbished that phone, and they don't
1: no they don't well i mean when they when they were trying to get into India, like one of the the problems they needed to get waivers um, um from some some requirements that like thirty percent of the stock be made in India when they were going to open apple stores there. And when they were negotiating with the government, one of the Indian government's um, concerns was that you want to open here and sell us a bunch of, like, old phones that, right, right, know, right. that, o- that other people have thrown oh, away. Right. And they just didn't want to be, like, you know, the the, the, the world's, um, like, garbage heap for used phones. And so Apple's like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And, yeah, so, like, they I – mean, you can't even buy a refurbished iPhone. You buy a, a, everything else they sell refurbished. So – yeah, it sounds like they shred it. And they were like, Oh yeah, we got Liam. And he takes it apart. And, and, and they try to make it like real cute and put this face on it. And uh, yeah. they're just not being like really honest and transparent about like what's actually happening. Like motherboard had to get like contracts and documents and be like, okay, here's, here's what really happens. So, I mean, you know, they're, again, they're not doing anything wrong. It's just like people, um, you know, probably don't realize that it's just, it's, it should be a last resort. It's Not as bad as throwing it in a landfill, but it's not as good as (laughs) trying to find someone who can get, you know, real use out of it.
0: No, and there was was a big issue uh, a number of years ago um, about uh, when stuff was being quote-unquote recycled in America, electronics recycling, it was basically being put in a boat to China – uh, offloaded and people and and primarily like there were a few towns that were just you get sort some of
1: children to like rip the wiring out and then that's yeah it, literally right? and then yeah. stuff
0: was just thrown in rivers and there was pollutants yeah, from like so all the bad. components and and China banned the importation of. Um, certain kinds of goods, like I think non functioning mm-hmm. goods. And, you know, the ban doesn't get fully enforced and so forth, but it forced a uh, uh, change. This was back also when there were still a ton of CRT monitors and TV sets on the market. That's obviously, you know, that supply is dwindling. Those were full of lead, and it made sense to take, if the lead was, you know, if you put it in landfill and it's crushed, the lead actually seeps out, can get into groundwater. Um, it's one of the reasons we have less lead in the, between newspaper ink changing to soy uh, about. Almost twenty years ago, uh, maybe longer, and and that we have less lead in our, uh, our water supplies and in the dumps because of that. Uh, they can stick a uh, they can stick a stick in a dump and they can figure out the age of it by where the lead stops for different things. Actually, um, wow, yeah, it's scary, huh? Um, so I love the fact that Apple has this goal of it takes them. You know, we have probably have mined. If you look at how wasteful things were in the past, like the kinds of materials that were used in excess because they were cheaper, we have probably taken everything from the earth we ever need in a closed loop to then, you know, you could. And I have this vision, and it's not science fiction because there's work on this of like, Either it's going to be scurrying robots or um, actual bacteria that will be pushed through dumps. So at some future point, they will excavate dumps. They'll go down and they will be extracting what are now expensive minerals to mine or unavailable. And um, there's bacteria that can, you know, it can eat. Metals and poop out stuff that you need and so forth. And uh, so with bioengineering, it sounds you know fancy, but uh, but it's true because it's like the uh, the bacteria they found at the ocean vents that can live on sulfur as a uh, instead of chlorophyll or uh, not chlorophyll, but as sort of another source of energy. Um, so uh, in the future, we may be able to extract this more. Maybe Apple's moving towards that future where you shred everything, you crush it up, and then all the minerals and everything else just like magically flowed out into separate piles. And then you make new things from them that will eventually happen in some form. But, but I agree it's a shame that there's not refurbishing along the way because recycling put requires energy. So even if you're using the same materials, you're taking energy and putting it into the system uh, where refurbishing is a, uh, is a lower energy state uh, process.
1: Okay. So looking at some of these documents, it's Euros. possible that some of the things you give back to Apple um, are refurbished, but this, the We're not the- phones
0: though, from what we know,
1: well, I mean like the like the the trade-in program, I'm not exactly sure what they do with that. Some of those might might be refurbished. Um but but um uh anything that, that doesn't qualify um for for that, according to uh, the the a report that Apple submitted to the North Carolina right. Department of Environmental Quality. Anything that doesn't qualify for reuse um is recycled and, and then their recycling is just a little more um shreddy than than normal. So um yeah and 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 a lot of these so the recycling um the the phones that come back actually to Apple um are just like it's a fraction of of the phones that that are sold and it's a it's a fraction of the the e-waste that they're recycling um so a lot of these programs are like mandated by the states states say that electronics manufacturers are uh responsible for the the cost of recycling right um, e-waste in in like a proportion to how much they sell in that state. So Apple um, obviously sells, you know, a lot of stuff in all the states. So they have to have – that's why they'll take back like anything and then they have to pay um, for for a lot of different um, a shredding. Just if you take stuff to like an e-waste collection center or whatever, like mm-hmm. s- some of that um, – and, and, and they say, we'll collect it for free. Like, some, some that's um, recycled um, is being paid for by companies like Apple and other companies that sell gear in your state, depending on what state you're in. So um, that's how Vice did this report. They filed freedom of information oh, requests in all these different states. And then that. they got to look at these contracts and stuff. So we're going to link this up in the show notes. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, it's just like if, if you can, like we said, if you can reuse it, reuse it, and if you can't, um, just you know, now you know kind of what happens to it. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to
0: excuse Apple by saying like, well, they're gonna blah blah blah. But it's it is true. It's like I think um the the fact that they they're emphasizing the inability to put used parts and systems that have come through their cycle back into um, into consumers' hands where they don't approve of it. Like they're emphasizing that I think the shredding than they are let's say um, emphasizing being able to deconstruct things and use them in other purposes. I mean, for instance, and like the camera thing is not, you know, what if Apple designed its products just as an example, What if they designed the iPad so the camera was very easy to remove? So at the end of life, if the camera was still good and was turned in for recycling or repair, they could Mm -hmm. pop that thing out and send it to, you know, developing nations that are trying to build interesting stuff and they could – and and donate that as components that otherwise would be unaffordable uh, to startup companies in, you know, in uh, Bangladesh or something. I mean just like there's – There's interesting global stewardship things they could do by making things more modular more recyclable that would further their overall ostensible uh, social corporate mission and, uh, you know, be good worldwide. So there's room to go. I love the fact that they set a goal, though. When they said 2020, we're going to be – all the minerals we use are going to be um, uh, not from mining. That's – that's pretty astonishing. Oh, yeah. I mean that's I great them. so so that and if that's true then and they that means really they care can't, about this stuff yeah they can't it means they can't keep shredding in this fashion for the next three years uh, to reach it but um, the actually you know Apple interestingly enough made uh, Lisa P Jackson who's their VP of environmental and social issues she gave an interview to uh, uh, John Gruber on his talk show so oh, really? uh, that's yeah cool. which is cool I mean Apple makes interesting people usually on the developer side available to John from time to time and uh, I think that's uh, a good sign that they're trying to get the message out. They have a lot of influence. They make a lot of stuff. So I'm sure I some mean, of you it's know. self-serving, but you know, I yeah. don't care if it helps <laughs> they
1: so. just they, only, they don't tell you the whole Look,
0: story. Look, w- Walmart did some effort. I think they're still underway in this where they're going to shift all the store lighting from uh, whatever they were using to LED. and It was going to save like X billion Watts of power a year, and it was going to push this. It was going to push the industry forward because they're such a big buyer, even for their stores of fixtures. And I thought, I don't care why Walmart's doing it. All I care is that it actually reduces, you know, the burning of coal or whatever, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, so Apple can be as things
1: can be win-win. Yeah,
0: Apple can get whatever kind of little positive PR they want out of this, and uh, and it's still good for all of us. So uh, we, we rarely recycle content in this show. We're fresh and new every week. We do refurbish some of our stories from time to time. (laughs) <laughs> that's, what, that's what follow-up is. Um, speaking of which, and we'll, we'll push off, we've got some stuff to talk about with ad blocking we'll talk about uh, next week. I've been doing some research and uh, some new news from Chrome and so forth. So if you're fascinated by ad blocking, talk about it maybe more next week. Um, but I think we hit the, I think we hit the uh, hour wall here. And uh, folks, thank you as always for listening. Susie, great to talk to you again. You too. And if you want to find us, uh, folks, you can find us, of course, at macworld.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash macworld, on Twitter at macworld. Susie is S-F-S-O-O-Z like Z on Twitter. I'm Glenn F., G-L-E-N-N. F, you may not want to follow me because I tweet a lot uh, or, or less than I used to. And um, we like your questions, podcast at Macworld.com. We do get questions via email. You can post questions on Facebook, obviously. We you can do find like a letter show
1: coming up soon.
0: would love you. Send us letters. If you listen this far on the show, we know you care. Um, and if you have uh, Mac or iOS questions, there's the Mac911 at Macworld.com address, which is where I get the emails uh, about things that don't work and are broke-like. And I try to answer them. Lots of broke-like things going on. Um so that is how you reach us and you know where to find us tune into this channel this style next week and uh this has been episode 556 for April 26 2017 we'll see you next week